Well, welcome back to Living and Learning. I'm Reba McIntyre. I hope everyone's doing well out there and enjoying these conversations with some of my favorite people. I know I'm enjoying it. Well, today's episode's going to be a lot of fun because for once, the famed interviewer will become the interviewee. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. She's a wonderful role model to so many people, a multifaceted woman and a groundbreaking broadcast journalist. Everybody's going, oh, I know who that is. Well, I'm thrilled to welcome to the show, co-anchor of the Today Show and Today with Hoda and Jenna, Hoda Cotby. Hey, Reba. So how long have you been doing a podcast? Uh, Reba, I started doing it probably about maybe six months ago or so. Uh And I wondered how different it would be from like, you know, regular life, Mm -hmm. regular like work life, but it's so much better. I mean, it's so in depth. It's fun. I am turned on. Good. Well, you've had some great guests. Yeah. We've been having fun. Yeah. I like your, your title, Making Space with Hoda. I love that. (laughs) Thank you, Reba. That's a cute one. I guess it's so much different for you to get to talk like an interview like you're doing right now, and it's a lot longer than the interviews you guys get to do on television. Well, you know, it is because I feel like we only get to skim the surface often on TV. And, you know, you've been on our show a mm-hmm. ton of times and we love every time you're on. Yeah. But they're like, well, you get Reba for five minutes. We gave you extra. You're like, <laughs> what? Usually they're three minutes. Oh, We've yeah. had them even shorter, but there's something about listening. It took me so long to learn how to do that in this business, which sounds weird. You're always trying to think of your next question. I got to get ready. And then all of a sudden I realized like, just just listen. Uh-huh. And and then all this magic will happen. Yeah. And, and that's a huge thing. Mm-hmm. I've been interviewed by people where I have said something pretty, I thought, dramatic. Yeah. And they go to the next question instead of like, right. you know, a follow up. Yes. Is that what you call it? A follow up yes, question? That, that's exactly what you call it. Well, I wanted to talk to you about a real serious subject. Mm-hmm. I know you're a big country music fan. Mm-hmm. You named your dog after Blake Sheldon, right? I did. Let me tell you something. That's a serious question. <laughs> I know you love Blake. I don't know what it is about him. I think, look, everybody fell in love with Blake. Like yeah. it was one of those things. But I remember Reba, he came to 30 Rock and hosted with me. And I did like a country music week and he sat next to me and he serenaded me. Now, I thought it was just me. Like I, 
when he looked at me, I was like, this is the thing, right? Because he does not look at other people this way. Yeah. But um, this guy, wait, hold on. I'm just, don't move. I know this is a podcast. You're going to be able to see something. Hold on. Don't move a muscle. Hold on. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's the whole body. It's not even, it's not even like. It is a full grown blow up of Blake Shelton. She has. It's a huge cutout, which is weird. <laughs> it's weird. I have a problem. That's in my office. Oh my god! And gosh. he's everywhere. He just pops up and people walk in and freak out. But yeah, um, yeah I had, a, I just, there was something about Blake from the very, very beginning. And I named my dog after him and it was, and he was like, of course your dog's name is Blake because he's cute. <laughs> like he just, something about everything about the guy. Yeah. But, um, and, and our love has lasted, obviously. He has changed country music in ways for the better. He's very blunt. He says what he thinks. And, you know, growing up in the music business in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, before Blake, mm -hmm. you had to control your, I mean, not honesty, but your blatantly bluntness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, say the right thing. Don't disappoint the, the people who came before you and your parents and Garth Brooks and Blake. They became themselves on stage. They are themselves on stage. Yeah. So it gave all of us kind of the freedom to be dorky on stage and be goofy and just be more personable, not perfect. Did you feel like you had to be perfect before? Yeah, I really did. Yeah. You know, we'd rehearse yeah. and everything was on a cue. Yes. And I liked it better when wasn't so strict. And so that's what we do now. Mm -hmm. We just have fun. Get up there. And if you make a mistake, stop, start over, tell the audience. I think the audience always wants to be in on the joke. Yeah. Or in on the mistake. Yeah. Don't leave them out. Don't leave them out. You're right. Do you feel totally free now at this point in your life? Yeah. Is that maturity? I love it. I love the feeling. Me too. It's so weird because I'm a pleaser. Like, yeah. here, here's an example of how much I'm a pleaser. We were on the set of the Today Show in a commercial break and some weirdo bedirdo was outside of the um, glass and he double flipped me off. <gasps> and you know what I did? Reba, I was like this. Hey, hey. I thought if I grinned big enough and waved hard enough, I could win him. Like I could get him. Oh, uh, yeah. But I thought, and I literally paused after that and I said, oh my God, you know you're a pleaser when you're trying to turn the guy who's get, telling you you're number one and you just can't <laughs> stop. And I was thinking to myself when I did that, like, what is that about? Like, at what point do you just say, I'm me? And you know what's funny, Reba? I just interviewed this woman today and she is the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks, um, first African-American woman to have this job. And she was saying when she was younger and she was a, a big wig at AT&T, she was about to get promoted. And they said to her, come on in. Yeah, here's what you're going to do. We're going to promote you, but you have to cut your hair, change this. Don't say blessed. Just say lucky. Don't do this. Do that. All these things. And she said... I looked at them and I said, all my career, I've done what people have asked. Yeah. I took my braids out because they asked me. I didn't wear my red blazers because they told me I needed to be more, you know, corporate-y and, and navy, navy and stuff like that. She said, but that's enough. Mm -hmm. That's enough of that. And she turned down the promotion 
to be like, I can't remember how, it was such a huge title at AT&T. And the, the head head honcho called and said, why, why didn't you take the job? And she said, I'm tired of being told this is who I need to be. This is me. Yeah. Like, God, this is me. This is what I have. So take me or leave me. Love and her for that, that. Yeah. And she ended up getting the job. Oh, and I thought, kidding. yeah. So they were like, you know what? We do want you. We like you. We don't know, you know. So, but, but it just reminded me of like, when do you stop doing what people tell you to do when it's twisting yourself into a pretzel? Oh, yeah. Very true. When I started in the music business, I had no idea what was going on. I was a ranching rodeo girl getting my degree in elementary education. And when I came to Nashville, you know, they kind of told me what to sing, how to dress, which that was a godsend because all I ever had in my life was was hand-me-downs. Yeah. So that worked. But after a while, I said, you know, I I don't like those three-inch heels. I can't walk in them. Yeah. I want to be comfortable. I don't care how it looks. And that was a huge blessing. And it was freedom, totally freedom for me. I absolutely loved it. So saying the words out loud, because that's scary no matter what stage, mm-hmm. like you're yeah. like, okay, I'm about to say something right now. I'm yeah. about to say it out loud. And I was thinking like sometimes when you speak it, like you can say it in your head, you can complain to your girlfriends, oh, I can't believe they did that. And then you go ahead and get your hair cut the way they told you or read the words the way they said to read them. Uh-huh. But boy, it's like, it's like you're ripping off the corset when you can finally say what you want to say. Absolutely. And look, I mean, everyone falls in love, obviously, with you for a million reasons, but... Well, thank you. Because you feel like you are exactly who you are. And there's nothing... Like, there's no one better to interview than somebody who's telling the truth, someone who's authentic. Nothing. Nothing's better. I agree. A guy asked me the other day, how do I stay Mm -hmm. so grounded? And I said... Well, if you surround yourself with people who are honest to you, yeah, you're honest to yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not all that in a bag of potato chips, you know. <laughs> you're just the old average Joe. So who who keeps you in check? Oh, my whole team, my family, everybody. My sister does that to me. She's like, oh, yeah. I don't know what you meant when you said this on the air, but it was not cool. I go, I didn't even, what did I say? I didn't mean, yeah. you know, but somebody who calls you on your stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My older sister, Alice, one year gave me a toilet seat cover for Christmas and she was sick. Everybody calling me a star. So she put on top of the toilet seat, <laughs> says the twinkle. <laughs> I'm not a star yet. I'm a twinkle. But I've got my team around me, my management. I mean, if I'm looking goofy saying stuff or, you know, I've given my opinion on something that was great among friends. But if I say it publicly, you know, you need to get your facts straight on that before you say something. They'll tell me the way it is. Have you had like the same team for a long time? In and out. Yeah. Yeah. That's tell too, I think. You know, very important. Yeah. There's that quote that says, uh, it's one of my favorites. It says, uh, you're the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. So choose wisely. Oh, you, I love you, that. Because don't you start, like, have you ever had like a girlfriend who's always complaining about her boyfriend or husband? Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're, I'm looking at Joel. I'm like, yeah, why <laughs> uh-huh. didn't you pick up? You know, you start, it's contagious. You're like, what it am is. I doing? I'm not this person. But if you hear it enough, like, I feel like whatever comes in, comes out. It's like, yeah. all of a sudden, 
you know, I'm looking at the parts of Joel that bug me and I never did that before. Like, what am I doing? That's Mm -hmm. stupid. Like, don't do that. You love this guy, you know, live in that part and, you know, things are going to bug, but that shouldn't be on the front burner. Oh, totally. I totally get that. Yeah. Well, who are you listening to now in country music besides Blake? You know, this is so weird because it's such a random person. And I just listened to it today is why it's speaking to me. But there's a guy who I went to the Bluebird and heard him sing. Mm -hmm. And his name is Paul Sykes. And I sat there and listened to him sing a couple of songs. And I was weeping at the table. Oh, And you know, when you look at someone and you go, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. And you're not famous, but I have chills all over my body. And he's got a couple of songs. And I just played today for Jenna mm-hmm. uh, this song called A Seed. And the reason it moved me was because the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree is here. Yeah. And we were talking about Jenna said, it's so sad. It's been it's 85 and someone cut it down and brought it here. Oh, my God. Why'd they do that? <laughs> you know. And I said, and, and this song speaks to the very thing that sometimes you're meant for a greater purpose. Oh, wow. And it moved me. I played it for Jenna in the commercial and she started getting all misty, which yeah. I, I loved. Uh-huh. So sometimes I listen to somebody random who I don't, you know, who's not my, you know, go-to, but it just moves me yeah. to a place where I'm like, ouch, oh my God, I have my heart. I can feel it. I can feel it. Oh, yeah. So I've been listening and he's got a couple of other songs that are beautiful too. So I've been listening to him lately. I'm going to start listening to him also. I love to get demos in. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always looking for songs to record. And the demos to me sometimes turn out better than what I do in the recording studio. It's it's raw. Yeah. It's from their heart. Yes. They wrote those songs. Yes. I know there's so many people out there that are more talented than me. They just didn't want to do what I've had to do to get where I am today. Is that the difference, you think? Probably 98% of it. Yeah, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of hanging out there in the right places, I guess. How do you know, like, for, I, I was always curious about the songs because when I, when I was at, like, I get chills when I hear a song that moves me. Like, I feel it all over my body. I'm like, that. there's something about it. I can't tell you what. But how do you know when there's a song you want to record? Like, how do you know for sure? Just exactly what you said. If I hear a demo and it makes me feel something, yeah, happy, sad, I can relate to that. Or I know somebody who can relate to that. Yeah. But if it gives me chills. Chills. And then I record it. Yeah. And if I do my job correctly and you listen to it, you'll get chills also. Oh. Because it's got to touch the heart. Mm. I, there's no better feeling. I was listening to... Um, do you know when Cam was just coming? She yeah. There's that song called, oh God, I'm br- blanking now, something house. Oh yeah, Cam's song, Burning House. That's a great song. It was uh, a couple of years back and a guy from Sony Music who was one of, the, one of the big guns there said, I want you to hear a song. And he took that song and he put it on all the speakers and he hit play. And I could feel the tears coming out. Like, just like that. Like sometimes it hits you, there's like a button inside you and all of a sudden, I don't know what chord it's hitting, but, mm-hmm. but you feel it. And um, it just, I don't know that there's a better feeling in the world. So the other day, Haley, who's now 
my little one, she's four and a half. She looked at me when a song was playing and it was some Daniel Tiger song about the sun going down and the stars or whatever. And I looked at her and her eyes were welling up and she said, what is this? Yeah. I said, that's love. That's when you love a song so much, you feel it. Her eyes were spilling over with that song. And I'm, I'm moved right now picturing her. Yeah. But it just shows like when the music's right, it can hit, you know, a four-year-old, it can hit uh, someone our age, it can hit, you know, it's just such a beautiful feeling. And to watch it affect a, a four-year-old, that's when you know it's real. It's chemical. You bet. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'll never forget when I was in Kiowa, Oklahoma. That's where I went to school for 12 years. Mm-hmm. We went to the Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And one Sunday morning after Sunday school, the preacher played a Henson Cargill song called Skip a Rope. Mm. He said, I want y'all to listen to this. Okay. And then he played it and he said, all right, now everybody's been tapping their toes. Don't you want to listen to it again? It's a song about mama hates daddy. Daddy hates mom. Last night you should have heard the fight they had. Gave little sister another bad dream. Woke us all up with a terrible scream. Skip a rope. Cheat on your taxes. Don't be a fool. What's that they said about the golden rule? Never mind the rule. Just play to win. And hate your neighbor by the shade of his skin. Skip a rope. Mm. Now, I was probably 12 years old when that came out. And that song needs to be re-released. It unfortunately still holds true. But that's the beauty about songs. When they're so grounded with deep foundation, broad foundation, they'll live forever. Oh, my God. I've got Terry just listening to you just recite the words. That's a beautiful one. And you know what? What? That's so funny. I remember that from 50 years ago, and I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about this, too. Things that we, you know, that are different now than they were 10, 15 years ago or whatever. It's like, I feel like the, the people who have the most fun in life just they don't give a rip about what they don't have right now. You know, my mom is in her 80s, she's 85. Uh-huh. And I watch her fall in love with a song, a movie, a friend she met, a meal she had, a coat she bought, like falling in love over and over and over. Yeah. And not saying, well, I can't see that very well and I can't do that very well. She's always like, oh, no, I don't read the paper anymore. And she can't really see it that well. But there are a lot of other things that she does. She goes, oh, you're not going to believe what I found. Oh, books on tape. It's amazing. On my phone. Oh, I just downloaded this book and I'm doing that. Like she is finding the next thing. It's either you can get stuck and say, well, this isn't like it used to be. Well, of course it's not. But I think it's fun, no matter whether you're her age or our age or whatever age you are, to be able to just say like, I'm in love with like now, like this is like, I get this day. I get this moment. And I don't know, like there's some kind of optimism that I think, like, you know, we all know people who are like, remember what it used to be like? It's like, it, it ain't there anymore, sweetie. Like we're, we're past that. Good for her. Yeah. And you know what? That's the hardest thing for me is to live in the moment. I know. Because I'm always asked about the past. Mm-hmm. And then I'm always asked, what are you going to do in five years? I don't have a clue what I'm <laughs> doing in five years, 10 years. I, I just say, God's the planner. He'll tell me. Yeah. He'll tell me when I need to know it, his way, his time. Yeah, I know. And I agree with you. And no matter what you do, like if you put out a brand new record or a new thing, they'll be like, okay, well, so what's next, Reba? Mm-hmm. You're like, 
I just did this. Exactly. You put a book out. When's your next book? You're like, I just, but yeah. people are always looking for the next, the uh-huh. next, the next, the next. That's so true. Yeah. And I applaud her for getting the books on tape. Yeah. I could not get mama to get a computer. No. I said, but you could get these little frame things and I can send or email you pictures of what we're doing, where we are. Yeah. And she said, well, I'm just going to go to bed and read a book. How long ago did she pass, Reba? It was right at the beginning of COVID, yeah. uh, March 2020. Wow, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. You know, in a way, I think it was a huge blessing that God took her on. Because yeah. I don't know how she would have dealt with all of this. Yeah. She would have been up there on that hill, there at her place in Stringtown, Oklahoma, reading her books. And it would have been really hard for her not to be able to visit with her family. Oh. We didn't get to bury her until two weeks after she died because of COVID. COVID. Jeez. I just um, just did an interview with Lydia Bastianich and Ingrid Michelson. Ingrid, you know, sings some just really some beautiful, beautiful music. And they were sharing a moment. They were both my guests on on my radio show, and they were both sharing a moment about losing their moms. And Lydia just lost her mom recently, and her mom was in her 90s, and Ingrid lost her mom about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they both said that they had the privilege of holding them uh, when they died. Uh-huh. And it was such a moving and beautiful uh, moment that, that they got to do that. That's really special. Oh, I got to tell you this funny story. When she was about 87, 88, mm-hmm. Mama went to church all the time. Well, now her mom and dad were holiness and Pentecostals, but she went to the little church down at Stringtown, Oklahoma. And one day during altar call, Joey Lansdale, the preacher, was just standing up there and waiting for everybody to come walk down the aisle and dedicate their life to the Lord. And Mama gets up and walks down there, and he says, well, Jackie, what can I do for you? And she said, well, preacher, I'm turning myself in. (laughs) (laughs) He said, what? She said, well, I'm tired of doing it by myself. I need some help. Jackie. Yeah. Come on. She's a character. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, y'all stay tuned. After the break, we'll be right back with more. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. You know what, guys? We're going to do something a little bit different today. Instead of a game, we're going to sneak into Hoda's podcast. It's called Making Space with Hoda Kotb. And she's had interviews with Cheryl Crow, author Anne Lamott, and so many other fascinating people. The guests on this episode were Oprah and Maria Shriver. And I just thought it was incredible. So y'all take a listen. Okay, guys, what was the most difficult thing you had to let go of in your life? 
Most difficult. You go first. Ooh, Maria, I'll let you take that, babe. Most difficult thing I had to... Um, probably my marriage. Yeah. Or my vision of whatever I thought my marriage was. Mm. Yeah. I have a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I had to let go of this notion that I could make everybody happy, that I could please everybody, that I was going to be the kind of person that everybody was going to actually like. I think coming to terms with the fact that you are never going to please everybody and you can't be who you are in the world without accepting the fact that there are going to be some people who, no matter how, you know, character-driven you think you are, no matter how centered of a moral compass you think that you have, that there are people like, I can't stand her. (laughs) I really don't like her. You know what I mean? So I think letting go of the notion that you're never going to, Please, yeah. everybody. And does that still hurt or not so much anymore? Not so much. Yeah. Listen, yeah. 67 things hurt less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best thing about being this age? Wow. I, I, I think there's a lot of uh, great things about I remember, Oprah, you telling me, like, when you turn 60, you're going to, people are going to start treating you different. I was like, no, no, they're not. Well, when, but I started, I think, slowly in my 60s have started treating myself differently and started to be kinder to myself. And as I said, I feel uh, lighter to the point of like, um, you know, I'm, uh, I think a lot of my life I spent kind of living to please my parents Mm -hmm. um, and please others, like she's saying. And now I'm really clear about, I want to spend my time doing what I love with the people that I love. Wow, very interesting. Okay, that's a great tease right there. I'm going to go listen to all the rest of them now. Thanks so much, Hoda. Reba. Oh, gosh, I love you. You have an awesome podcast, but of course, I didn't expect anything less. Thank you so much for having me. Hoda, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you. Let's do it again sometime soon. Check out her podcast, Making Space with Hoda Cutby, and her fun TikTok channel with Jenna Bush Hager. And of course, you can catch Hoda every morning on Today on NBC. You gals have so much fun. Well, thanks for listening to Living and Learning with Reba McIntyre, a Spotify original production. Our lead producer is Dylan Rupert. Our executive producers are Gina Delvac, Yossi Salik, Danny Trebatch, and Justin McIntosh. Editing by Cheryl Crosby. Original music by Doug Sizemore. Special thanks to Leah Edwards, Robert Adler, Casey Simonson, and Kyla Canero. I'm your host, Reba McIntyre. Follow us only on Spotify.